Episode 29, Royal Rabbits. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. Hey! And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletop, miniatures, RPGs, and really, the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and with me is... I'm Chris. And thank you for listening. This is episode 29, Royal Rabbits. All right, this week we'll be talking about Bunny Kingdom. That's the main game we'll be talking about. It's a fun little game with uh, a lot of bunnies. <laughs> I mean, a lot of bunnies. <laughs> There's there a lot are. of bunnies. And uh, we'll be talking about that. It's a, it's a good family game, I would, I would say. And uh, we're going to be talking about what's on our table this week. We'll be talking our love and hates. And uh, if time permits, maybe we'll squeeze a little something else in here. We'll see how the night goes. So, Chris, I got Nemesis in the mail today. You did? Nice. Nice. I'm so excited about it. Oh, yes. I was going to ask you about that if... If uh, we talked about that at work, if you're going to get it. And, yep, oh, definitely I'm, came in the mail. Mine is still uh, on the shelf. I mean, air quoting on the shelf, ready for pre-order distribution, it said. Oh, so they actually got the copies in? Is that how I would interpret I, that? I would interpret that they have it in and they're boxing them up. It's on the shelf to be shipped out. Weird. But I've never yeah. heard that status before. I, I've never seen that. I got it from Miniature Market, and I've never seen that status before. So, yeah, something new. But yeah, if if you haven't heard of this game, Nemesis is like the probably the hot game right now, and and rightfully so. Hearing some of the reviews, some people are saying this is jumping to like their top five all time wow. games. Yeah, people are really loving on this game. Uh, this is a game that was on Kickstart. I think early February or early January of this year and just got uh, distributed in the last month. So all the backers, I think, got their main copies, the Wave 1 last month or the month before, and then Wave 2 is coming out for the rest of the backers. Wave 2 has a bunch of expansions. I mean, a lot of content. I'm really beating myself up for not kickstarting. And in fact, one of the expansions is a Kickstarter only. That's not coming to retail. But... For the rest of us uh, schleps, uh, <laughs> the retail copies finally getting into the main distributors, you know, miniature market and what have you. And so they're now just getting out. So they probably just got their copies in if that's the status for you. Uh, but let me tell you, this game, uh, we'll probably talk about this a little more. I don't necessarily talk about really hot, like new games, but this game just really has me excited. If you are a previous listener, a long time listener, I'm a huge fan of the sci-fi movie series aliens like huge fan even though most of them are not really great movies i still yeah. really enjoy them they're good and this is a game that's it's basically aliens the board game but not not aliens because they don't have the license but really you wake up in a, from a hibernation pod on a spaceship with your friends or the people who are playing the game with you and you see a dead marine on the ground in there well, aliens have gotten on the ship, and in this game, you have secret objectives, you have corporate objectives, you're trying to get around the ship, you're trying to escape, and uh, pretty much not die is, is the case, and there's these really cool alien miniatures, uh, very thematic, uh, really cool game. These these miniatures, Chris, like, I opened oh. up the box, and there's two full trays in this box, nice. and these mini- these miniatures are, like, huge, so really excited about this game to play it, so... uh. 
it does play one to five players, so I might actually pl- try a two-player game with Emily and see how that plays out, just to get it to get the rules down and stuff, and then we'll have to set up a bigger game to play this. So really Absolutely. excited about that. That's what's been going on in my world. And then um, I also got the the Wind Gambit expansion for Scythe just came in the mail with Nemesis as well, because I had to get something at free shipping, right? So Absolutely. I got that. And and this adds expansion to our one of our favorite games, Scythe, and adds these big like airships. I mean, these are huge like they're like three inches i'm looking forward to that see i know we, those we gotta get that out with the mechs and yeah yeah i think you'll you really like it. anyway so that's what i've got in the mail and uh games i've gotten any games you've gotten this week chris i did get my shadow run sixth edition core rule book in finally um there's a few other uh outbreak undead supplementary uh, uh game master book that i got in i got some role-playing games and i did get some board games actually i got a few things oh that's why i'm sorry i'm blanking i've got my kickstarter suburbia uh oh in. you back that yes i backed oh, that like I over play a year it. ago yeah oh, i get that man it looks so good deluxe edition and everything and yeah so it that that's what i was blanking i oh, got in man. the mail and i meant to tell you at work today but i got distracted oh with work. yeah hate it when that happens i'm, but, I'm so, glad you i'm glad you got it. i've been seeing all these photos yeah. on instagram and facebook people posting it looks really cool yeah it's one of those things you back in a year a year and a half ago or so <laughs> and you forget about it all of a sudden it shows up in the mail <laughs> And there's like a little that, present note yeah, from yourself. Like, oh, You're like, to yes. future Chris, you are welcome. Yes. So yeah, that that's what I was trying to think of. That's I got that in the mail yesterday and was all excited. And yeah, I got to pull it nice. out of the shrink wrap and I was going to show it to you. And yeah, we're definitely going to have to have a good game day coming up here soon. Um, it sounds like yeah. we need multiple or maybe a yeah. whole weekend. Jeez. Oh, I'm thinking weekend. Yeah. yeah that'd be, be awesome. a long day Saturday, maybe a Friday night, Ooh. Uh, carry into Sunday. Yeah. I like it. Go to I church. Like it. Yeah. Well, that's apparently what Chris and I got this week. This Friday, the 22nd, uh, Wingspan expansion ships. And I'm getting a bunch of other games. So look forward to next week. I'll be talking about all the games I got then. Too many games, Chris. We're buying too many games. But what are you going to do, right? It's for the podcast. It's for Absolutely. you guys. Absolutely. It is. It is. <laughs> all right, Chris. I guess we should move on here to what. Let's talk about what's on our table instead of the games we just bought. What's on your table this week, Chris? What's been on your table? Well, Jonathan is a big fan of Pokemon, so he has popped up uh, and did some new decks and wanted to try them against me. So I have one deck he helped me build, a (laughs) Guzzlord deck. So we've been pulling them out, and we played five, six, eight games over these last weeks, and he's just really trying to get in and, and play some of these these decks. He loves it. That's that's. Did he thing. slaughter so, you? Like, did he set you up to lose, or did he actually make it competitive? Well, the first couple times, uh, he he just like shooting fish in a barrel. It was it was <laughs> his deck definitely. Um, mine did not play well with his. So uh, that's I, weird. Yeah, yeah. I too, I know he's a thirteen year old boy setting it up to to win with without dad realizing that so yeah so no he he did well and i mean he helps me he tells me these cards as we go and i don't realize all this kind of stuff but it's fun um but i i've got a guzzlord deck that he he helped me make and it's it's pretty fun so i've tweaked a couple cards to be a little more competitive with them so he's trying to train and teach and he wants to do some tournaments we did a couple 
uh, beforehand, and he did uh, Origins and Gen Con and loved it. So he's uh, all geeked up, and we're talking about Origins coming up in June, and he's wanting to play some more Pokemon tournaments there. So he's trying some things out. There's a recent... Um, change in Pokemon. Uh, I forget what they call it, where they cycle cards in, cycle cards out. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so he knows all that lingo and stuff. I just say sure and play with him. But nice. that was that. Then with Isaac, Isaac actually um, downloaded XCOM 2 for the PlayStation 4. Oh, so and good. He, yes, he is. Oh, we were talking about it on the way home from wrestling practice and stuff. He was just like, Dad, and this, and he's telling me about Has he missions. played the XCOM games before? No, he has not. Oh, they're so, so good. They, I played yeah. on the PC, but they're pretty much the same. They're so good. Yeah, so so I it's a one-player game, so basically he and Bo sit there, and they take turns. They have a team, and like uh, Isaac runs it for a little while, and then switches to Bo runs it for a while. They got a black and a white team. So I'm going to sit down here I was just been watching, but I'm going to sit down here. We've got like three PlayStation 4s within the family and like two Switches and a couple uh, Nintendos, uh, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, we got a few gaming systems with six people in the family and nine people actually in the family now and things like that. So um, anyway, we're going to sit down and uh, I'm going to play some XCOM 2 with Isaac and Bo and and do that kind of bit. So I'm looking forward That's to fun. that. Yep, it is. And you know there's the XCOM board game, right? I know. I told them about that. They're like, yeah, oh, I really? And I'm like, yeah. With the iPad, yeah. It's, yes. it's driven. It's tough. It's a tough game. Wow. But so, so is the XCOM, so is the, board, the, the, video the video game. game. Is tough. Yeah. Video game. Uh, the, the fact that the hardest level on XCOM doesn't allow you to load and save because that's that's basically what you have to do sometimes is save and load games. So you, you try to make a risky move and your guy completely fails, falls on their face and you just have to, well, I have to go reload my game. That's pretty common in XCOM actually. So it's that's, okay to yeah. save and load on that game. That's what it sounds it's, like, what it was yeah, explaining. It can be brutal. It'll be like a 90, you have your you have your dude. I mean, it's like a lot like a board game. You know, have yeah. these miniatures. And, it's turn-based, yeah. Yeah, you'll have a dude and he's like 98% shot and you shoot and he like whiffs the guy and you're like, come on! And then the, and the alien will have like a 2% hit and hits you and crits and like kills your guy. You're like, come on! That's that game. Yeah, it's that's funny. what Isaac was saying. It's he funny. was telling me his first mission. He, it, it can be brutal, yeah. but it's a lot of fun. It, and XCOM 2 is really fun because you can customize out even further your characters and you can level them up and you can go down some really cool skill paths and you get to build your base at back and upgrade your weapons and research. And you can't do it all, so you have to make good decisions. It's it's pretty cool. It's a very rewarding yeah. game. Very tough, though. It's a long game. I think on the PC, I think I put like 50 plus hours just to beat the well, campaign on normal difficulty. To me, that's a good game. You're getting your money's worth. Oh, if absolutely. If it's taken that long. Yeah. And then the expansion for it adds this really cool nemesis system where you can encounter random bad guys or like mini bosses and they become like nemesis and enemies and there's like a hierarchy. It's pretty cool. Oh, pretty wow. Neat. I'm going to check yeah, more of that. Fun. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. Expansion is really good. Adds a lot to it. Yeah. All right. What's been on my table is Scythe Rise of Fenris. So Emily nice. and I started the Scythe uh, campaign. So there's an expansion for Scythe called Rise of Fenris. And it is a, a eight scenario campaign that you play through on top of Scythe. And it adds some interesting elements to it. Now, we've only been through one game. And actually, it's still set up on the table because we were going to play uh, two. But then last night, something came up. And then tonight, we're recording the podcast. So uh, we're not going to play it till tomorrow night. Maybe Thursday. We'll see. Uh, but... 
in this game. Uh, you know, we've talked about Scythe. Go back and listen to it. But it just adds uh, legacy, or not really legacy, because you're not ripping up or tearing up stuff. It's not permanent changes to the game. But in this box, there's uh, tuck boxes, like boxes that are hidden and sealed up in the box. So you don't oh. know what's in them. But yeah. they're big enough that you know there's like new miniatures in there somewhere interesting and there's a bunch of punch out boards that are like covered hidden and it'll have you go to the punch out board and punch stuff out so very interesting the first game was just a normal game with an extra element or two so it wasn't it wasn't anything much different but then uh from the first one depending on how you did you had some influence the vote for the second scenario so that's a minor spoiler not really and so we'll see how the second one goes. Uh, it second one changes the game, uh, not significantly, but somewhat. Uh, so it should be interesting. We'll see how this goes. Uh, you you can play different modules uh, independently. So I've asked you after you play through it, whatever's in the box. I guess you can play individual modules, but I haven't read up to it. To I didn't want to spoil it. So anyway, so I'll probably talk about that more. Maybe not. I don't want to spoil the game, but yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. We'll have to play this one, Chris, because. I mean, you like Scythe, and it just adds oh, yes. more to it. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Unlocking yes. some some aspects uh, yeah. and stuff. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. it looks cool. All right, well, that's what's been on our table. All right, the games we play reviews Bunny Kingdom. Chris, you want to talk about uh, Bunny Kingdom? Yeah, absolutely. Bunny I mean, kind of had to, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Bunny Kingdom's a 2017 a game for two to four players, 40 to 60 minutes in game time, age 12 and plus, a weight of 2.24 out of five. Uh, designers Richard Garfield, published by ILO. I always and that's the that. Richard Garfield he of is. Magic the Gathering, King of Tokyo. Great Dal Moody. Yeah, always Dal throw Moody. that one up. <laughs> Yeah, but in Bunny Kingdom, peace has come at last to the great Bunny Kingdom. Lead your clan of rabbits to glory by gathering resources and building new cities across the land. Draft cards and pick the right ones to position your warrens of the hundred squares on the board. Provide resources to your colonies, build new cities to increase your influence, and plan your strategy to score big at the end of the game. Settle in lakesides or fields to collect water and grow carrots, gather mushrooms in the green forest, and climb the highest mountains to discover the rare and precious resources. Secretly, rally rabbit lords and recruit skillful masters to make your cities and resources even more valuable at the end of the game. After each turn, your groups of contiguous warns grants you points depending on the cities and different resources they include. The game ends after four turns, and the player with the most points wins the game. This is a 2018 Origins Awards Best Family Game nominee. In Bunny Kingdom, there is a central board that everybody plays on. It's actually kind of a smaller board, but in this board, there are a hundred territories or spots in a grid, and on each one of these territories, they have different resources. There could be wood, there could be fish, there could be carrots, or there could be open spots or, or mountains. There's some cities, little towers which we'll talk about here in a second um already pretty popular on the board and then there's a ginormous deck of cards i think it's like 182 cards in the game and then each player gets a horde of bunnies and by horde of bunnies you get like 
don't know, Chris, how many are there? Like 60 of those little plastic bunnies that you get? Of, yeah, I was the black little bunnies, and there was a lot of them. And I had the red, and Corey had the pink, because he came late, so we... He yeah. got pink buddies. Yeah, that's what happens. And yeah, well, everybody kind of plays simultaneously. So what happens is all the players get a certain amount of cards depending on the number of players. And then you pick two cards and then you pass the hand that's left to the next player to your side. Everybody reveals the two cards you played. You resolve them and then you pick up the deck that your neighbor picked up. You pick two and you just keep doing that until all the cards are gone from that hand. Then you get a phase where you can build stuff. So on some of these cards, there are buildings. And what I mean by buildings, there's like, these 3D plastic like yeah. like cities is that what you would think they were called yeah they're I cities. Think there are cities yeah that's what they call them and they're kind of raised up from the board and there's like a circular spot where you can put your bunny in so it's kind of cool your bunny like yeah. sits on top of this huge like city with all these right towers it. yeah it's pretty cool especially that tier three tower or uh, city that yes. you had Chris like that thing that sucker's like an inch off the board you mean the two of them that I had uh, y- yeah yes <laughs> the two of them you had. <laughs> Uh, so they're actually 3D. It's really cool components. Uh, but there's buildings. There's these special resource uh, cardboard chits that you can put on the territories. Um, there's other miscellaneous buildings uh, like sky towers, camps, that kind of stuff. And then you can build them onto the board if you want, or you can keep a hold of them. And then the third phase is you scored. So the big part of this game is you're creating these fiefs and what they what they define as a fief is a territory or a combination of attached territories. So uh, um, from this deck of cards, there are the territories. There's a hundred cards that match the territories. And so when you play them, you get to put a bunny on that territory and claim it. And if you, once you claim it, it becomes a fief. And then as you connect territories together, your fiefs become bigger and bigger, or you can have a bunch of small ones potentially. And so when you score, you look at each one of your fiefs and you count up the amount of towers on those cities that we were talking about, and you multiply it by the unique number of resources that are in that fief. So on the board, again, there's some printed ones carrots fish or lumber or some of the other cards those buildings you can add more resources like the mushrooms you're talking about the ore and you count those up multiply them that's your score for the fief and you add them all up and then basically you just do that four times that round four times drafting building scoring and then at the very end of the game there's some cards in the deck that are called parchment cards they give you end of game bonuses such as two victory points for every carrot territory you have that kind of thing and there's there's tons of them, and you score up those points, and whoever has the most victory points wins the game. Chris, did I miss anything with that? No, I don't think so. Um, Generally, that's without going into detail with all the cards, which there's really yeah. no reason to. That's that's basically the yeah. gist of the game. Yeah, you pick two cards, pass, um, play, and then rinse and repeat. And yeah, yeah. Unless you play a two player game, yeah. Which there's a there there's a different variant where you have your own little deck. And then you have like a small hand of eight cards. You always draw from your deck. And then from that hand of cards, you you pick one and then you discard one. So you can pick one oh. and then throw out of the game. And then you you only resolve one per turn. And then you give the deck to the, your hand to the other person. And then you draw from your deck and so on and so forth. And Ooh. so I think you end up picking like 16 cards or something per phase with two players. Uh, but you throw away pretty much the whole half the deck playing that way so it it actually adds some different strategy that you don't get with three or four players it's actually kind of a different game a little bit so anyway so that's how how do you play so chris the artwork what do you think about the art on this game i like it it is cute fluffy bunnies uh really it is you got bunnies uh with knights and fiefdoms and cities and 
It's just cute little bunnies and there's lots of them all around. Very colorful, fun and vibrant type of art. That's really, I mean, it's it it sets the mood for the game of the 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 bunny theme. I agree. Yeah. Even the cards, like the yes. cards have this like cartoony, it's not even like a cartoon per se, but it kind of reminds me of Everdell a little bit, but a little more yeah. pastel-y. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, there's like there's like bunnies with like full armor on some of these pictures. I mean, it's pretty creative, some of the stuff they came up with. Um, and then the names. Have you? Did you even wa- read the names of some of these cards with yes. those pictures? They're pretty I'm, funny. I'm forgetting the names off the top of my head, but I do remember that I was chuckling when I was reading them and trying to quickly decide two and pass the others. So I'm like, oh, hey, they put some humor in on the cards. They really they did. did. Yeah. yeah. It's just flavor. I mean, there's really nothing to oh, it. Oh, no, it is. exactly. But that makes a good game when you have the little chuckles inside the game. Yeah, and the board art. Uh, the board art. Look, I mean, you pull this board out, and it's just... It's beautiful. It's like it's like an eagle eye view of this kingdom, you know, the, all the all the right. territories, and the art is really stunning. Just vibrant colors, and and all the trains look unique. If you were to see this on somebody's table at a convention or something, and you walk by, like wow, it's busy. Really, it's a busy game board after you get into a couple rounds because you've got uh, you've got bunnies all over the place of multiple colors. You got cities all over the place, and it's. It's a hundred square, ten by ten square, really. So a hundred squares. So there's really just a lot of stuff all over the place. Yeah. So overall, I think the art is really good. Like I really like the theme of it, and it it's throughout all the cards, all the the pieces on those little cardboard farms. It's on all um, the board, the the instructions, the the box, like the whole thing is just really well done. I really like it. Oh, I agree. I I agree with you. Two thumbs up. All right, so on to the rule book. So the rule book, Chris, I know I kind of handed it to you a little bit just yeah. to show on the backside, and I'll, it automatically gets points for this. On the backside, it lays out the whole game on the back. It did. All the phases, and then gives actually some detail on there. So you, once you learn the game, you don't even need to open the book. You can just refer to the back page. It has all the details. It's great. Yeah. Um, as for the rule book, it's one of those things where the first couple pages, it lays out all the components and talks about the cards, talks about the territories, the parchment uh, cards. It talks about the building cards, the city cards, uh, you know, those farm cards and, and, and whatnot. And it does that before it talks about how to play the game. So it gets a little confusing at first. It's one of those like chicken and egg things is where if you learn the game, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense without knowing the cards. But without knowing the cards, it's a lot of confusing with confusing what they mean within context of the game. So that was my only like eh on the game. I remember reading it for the first time. I was really confused. I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? And then I got to the actual how to play. And then in context with the cards, it made a lot more sense. Um, it does a pretty good job breaking down all the cards uh, because there's all those special building cards and there's unique ones. And it does a really good job showing not only how many of each there are, but what each does. Like visually, there's pictures of each one of the, the cardboard chits and what it looks like and what it does. So uh, rule book's really good. I, I really like the rule book on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't get a look uh, too much into it, but the back page, two thumbs up. I love games that do that that put that really intricate uh, detail into that. So you go through, you read the game, you go through it, play it and that kind of stuff, and you're ready to play, you flip it over the back, and boom, 
right there. Everybody on the on the whole table can see it, follow along, and use the guide. Even people who haven't read anything like me today, you guys have already played it. You and Corey played it previously, and I played it, and I'm like, oh, hey, well, I knew exactly what I needed to do just by following the guideline. And that's awesome. That uh, Two thumbs up to all the game designers that put that put that in the rule book. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, rule book's uh, better than average, I would say. It's not like the best rule book, but it's really good rule book. Yeah. Components. All right. Components. I think this is where this game it kind of shines. Uh, this kind of is a, a theme with the games we review on this podcast. It seems like we like we the go bling. after the. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> hey. So, uh, Chris, what do you think about the components in this? Oh, it's it's really cool. The, the The board itself is great art on it. It's set up really nice, and you've got these little bunny meeple plastic pieces that you mentioned that has fits in these uh, cities that one tower two tower three tower cities and it's really cool it gives it a nice 3d element aspect with all over the board and it's just the the whole cuteness of it really is yeah so that makes it very flavorful and just unique in an aspect of that that where this is you talk about point salad uh oh my gosh you're you're doing things and trying to make combinations and fiefdom and all this kind of stuff to generate points and you're in the hundreds and almost 200 points so you've got bunnies everywhere and they're all over the cities they're mixed up and you got pink bunnies with red bunnies and black bunnies all over the the different grid so i mean i really like opponents aspect of it the, the cool little plastic meeple bunnies are are awesome yeah yeah no i agree that the bunnies and then those cities those uh those building cities yep. that we were talking about that you actually put the bunny on top of them, they're fantastic. I mean, uh, probably not needed. I mean, no, you can do it with the chit, but yeah, the, but the, man, but it, it, it cool. adds to yeah, it. it does. Yeah, because really by the end of the game, we've placed almost all of our buddies. I think when we finished today, I had five left on my side. Corey had four, and I think you had like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. So we placed, I don't know how many of that. And we almost had all of the cities out, too, as well. There was very few cities left to uh, be built in the game. So you might not even realize we kind of paused here, but uh, each player does have 36 rabbits each. And so in the game today uh, with, I only had five left, so that's 31 out, plus Corey had four left, that's 32 out, that's 60, what, five? Plus you had like six left? That was like 96 of those buddies out on the board out of the 100 territories. They were everywhere. Which is crazy. And this board, I mean, for having 100 territories, this board is actually kind of smaller footprint, actually, which I I almost kind of like, personally. You know, that part, the board, like you were talking about, is is really good, really colorful. It is a little on the smaller side. I guess there's a larger version you can get, but I think I have the smaller version. And when you get 96 bunnies on this... And they're all like uh, different height levels with the cities. There's all these little cardboard and those farms, those cardboard components. They're 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 thick, and there's a little hole in the middle. So when you put it on the territory, you put your bunny in the middle of it, and so they're surrounding the bunnies. It looks amazing. It looks really really cool. Check out the picture actually on our Instagram for this. Um, I posted it here today. Uh, today being Monday, the day that we uh, posted this episode. 
Um, but check out the pictures. It's it's great. Um, so I really love the components. I love those cities. The cardboard little tokens are nice. They're um, they fit the territories perfectly. They're the the right shape, which I appreciate. There's so many games where like the little token is either too big or too small for the spot you put on the board. It's just the perfect size. So I really appreciate the detail of that. Um, the cards are nice. I mean, they're not like super thick. And they're kind, they don't really have a texture on them. I'm a little concerned that these cards will wear out faster than other games. So I, the cards are actually not the best uh, quality, which is kind of surprising giving the rest of the game. Um, so that's like the only weakness for components. And there's 182 cards in this game, which, I mean, I like the variety. The problem is, is trying to shuffle up 182 cards is a pain in the butt in this game. Uh, so components for the cards. Okay. I, I, they're okay quality. They're not like super cheap, but they're not super nice quality. So overall though, the components I would say are really good. I, uh, I will agree with you on that. All right, let's move on to our likes. Chris, what are your likes for this game? I really like the different strategies involved with this game. Uh, when we first started getting, uh, what do we have, like 12 cards passed to us each round? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we took two and passed. It was it was kind of a little overwhelming to trying to figure out, not in a negative way, just trying to figure out, trying to maximize, you know, best position and possibility. And I was like, oh, well, I got to figure. I got to pick something and go. And I really liked the, the aspects. There's many different ways to play this game. You, you're not going to play the same route of doing this tactic or strategy the whole time. Every time you do it, you're going to get uh, the game's going to play differently in the strategy aspect of it every time you play. Um, so I, I love games like that. There's I, I don't really like game strategy games where, OK, you have one way. And you're going to play that way and you're going to win, you know, or predominantly win all the time. So to me, that's not fun. When you do games that have different aspects of how to play the game and go about it, uh, I enjoy that. So I, I see that within this game that you can actually play it multiple times and play it differently every time. And, and I like that. I like that in games. I appreciate the replayability in this game. Uh, because the random cards that come out and the drafting part, you just have no idea what cards could come up. You could come in saying, hey, I think I'm going to try to maximize XYZ, but there's no guarantees you're going to get the cards on this and the order you want it. And so sometimes you have to make split decision strategy for each round, depending on the cards you're getting. And you just kind of have to go with it and commit. Yeah, and right. I, I like that from a replayability standpoint that... This game is not going to get old over even just playing it four or five times. I've, I played it three times already this week, and it hasn't gotten old. It, you know, some of the strategy games by the third, fourth game, you kind of figured out, oh, okay, this is how you want to do it. So I appreciate that. I do like the components. I just want to touch on it. I think that's a like for me. The components are great in this game. Um, I like the, the artwork. That's also a like. It's rare that I put that as a like, but I think it really does enhance this game. So I wanted to touch on that in my likes. I like card drafting. I uh, it's one of those things yeah, that I enjoy. I enjoy it, it adds. It's just one of those things that mixes up from your normal games or strategy games, where it's just like rolling dice or drawing some cards or moving around on a board. It, it's more 
this card drafting isn't used as much in a lot of games, and and I think it was really done well in this game. Yes, and that is very true. Um, last like is just the variability of cards because obviously you have the territory cards, but I really like the variability of those parchment. There's a lot of variety of those parchment cards, those bonus into game where it, it gives you a lot of unique bonuses and it, it's definitely a good kicker for the end of game. Some parchment cards are better than the others, but mainly most of the parchment cards are really situational, which really lends to adding more strategy. If you get stuck with one of these parchment cards, like, hey, you get a huge bonus for getting for getting lumber, I'm going to go after lumber. It gives you kind of a goal or something to go after while you're playing through the round, so I, I do like that. Any other likes for you, Chris? Uh, a lot of them, which you, you've already mentioned. I enjoyed the, the card drafting, the art and components and the, the cute bunnies. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that kind of makes it cool. But yeah, those what, what you said definitely and the the whole strategy aspect is is really the main top of what i liked with that all right well so let's move on to the dislikes uh chris any dislikes for yourself i i'm trying to figure those now i've only played this once where you've played this multiple times i'm very curious to to play more now in this game um i drew some cards that put me at a way major advantage over you guys oh yeah and i'm wanting to see if that's if that is a major effect on on how this game plays all the time. If somebody gets the good cards and somebody gets the bad cards uh, or doesn't get the good cards, I mean, if, if that happens often or if that was just a variability of, of the kind. Of, and what I'm talking about is in this game, there's uh, three three tower cities and I drew two of them. So in the the third one, I don't think came out no, it, whatsoever. It yeah, it because you don't so, go through the whole deck, so you don't yeah, see you everything. Won't. Right. So that put me at a huge advantage, um, having those six towers in in the, the yeah. game scoring aspect of it. So uh, it's something like that. I I don't know. I, I I'm curious. I want to say I don't want to. I don't necessarily put it at a dislike, but I would love to play this game more more. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, play it more to see if that comes up more often in that yeah. aspect, and that then that would be that if it does, that would be a little deterrent for me to to really like the game. If it was all of a sudden that I, I if the how card plays get uh, gets distributed, sure, more. sure. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, in all the games I played, the person who got the three towers won the game in every single one of them. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, I've played it four times, and that's happened in each one of them. Uh, objectively, they're they're way better. I mean, you get th- two of those three towers. That's a six multiplier, you know. That's um, huge. It, it is huge. And, and so I, it doesn't have conflict, and I should kind of put that in my like. I'm, I, I mean, conflict is – there's a time and a place for a lot of these – for a conflict in a game. So I kind of enjoy that there isn't conflict in this. But because there's no conflict, about the only player interaction there are is those cards. And and Corey and I were talking about this a little bit yes, uh, today after after work um, before I came home. And I think we both agree. This felt a little too solitaire and solo sometimes. Yep. Um, I know and a two-player, it, it doesn't quite feel like that because you're discarding, and so there's more inter- interaction than the other player knows because you're discarding cards that they need, but they have no idea you're discarding those cards um, because it's like, hey, if I have a three-tower and a two-tower in my hand, I'm going to take the three and discard the two just so she can't get it or they he can't get it. So that's a little different. That's a little more conflict. Maybe the other player doesn't know because they don't see what you're discarding, but... 
when we're not discarding stuff like a three or four player game, uh, like Corey and I were saying, is that more times out of none, there's going to be at least two cards that you want from that hand that are going to benefit you more. And so you kind of... I know I played with Jeff and Scott, and they were just all like, oh, we can't have Brian have this. We can't have Brian have this. We can't have Brian have this. And so they were taking cards away from me just so I couldn't get them. Well, when Corey played, he was more focusing. He's like, you know, I'm going to try to focus on me. He did that both. And he scored way more points than Jeff or Scott did because they were focusing on me. And so it's really going to, I think, depend on the the player and how they play this. But objectively, playing through four games, really just worrying about yourself and trying to do the best for you is the best strategy I've seen so far. And that makes this a little less, it's more of a solitaire game that we're playing together, which... You know, some people like, some people don't, but I think that's definitely a disadvantage to this game. It makes it, when it comes to replayability, maybe not as fun. I don't I don't know. I, I have to play more. It's kind of still kind of a negative. There's, there's objectively some cards that are better than others. I think one of the things that they need to do, instead of just having the base three resources on the board, let me back up. Because with the scoring, you have the multiplier, right, of the towers, which is there are a lot of towers in the, in the deck, right, which we kind of talked about. But you have to multiply it by the number of resources, the unique resources. Well, there's only three unique resources on the board. So, like, the other eight of the other unique farms, like the pearl, the spice, the mushroom, those become way, 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 way more important. And it almost comes down to who can get a few of those and combine it with their big towers like you did. If you can pick up three or four of those unique ones... And you pick up a couple big towers, you almost guarantee your victory, like you did. I mean, yeah. you were you had a multiplier of like twelve or thirteen of those towers times like six of those. You score that a couple times. There's no way people can catch you, and and usually then the parchment cards will only enhance what you have just to keep you ahead enough. And so. While we talked about replayability, I think it's more an illusion of replayability. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, it's more luck-based with the cards coming out, unfortunately, for this game, where it really comes down to, can you nab those three tier towers? Can you nab those unique resources? And if you do and can stack several of them, you almost are guaranteed victory in this game. Almost. I'm saying almost. Haven't played enough to say that for sure, but that's what it seems like. Right, and I agree with you, and that's what I was kind of alluding to with my potential dislike, um, and I'd have to see how this plays out more with more gameplays, but yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so now that I talked about dislikes long enough, uh, I'm let's, let's uh, move on to our review, wrap this up. So Chris, what would you give the review for this game? To me, th- this is a 7. It's a good game, and I'm willing to play it. I want to play more, but the the initial initial gameplay and randomness of cards, and like you said, if you're able to get uh, just to randomly get a couple cards, you've got a major advantage over other people, and that has nothing to do with strategy other than picking them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, choosing them out of the hand. So that's where I'm uh, questioning. Um, I, I would play this more. I would play this more, but did it grasp me? And is it one of my top games? No. Uh, but is it a fun game to play? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with the seven, which is good. Usually willing yep. to play this. Yep. I want to play this more. I, it's those dislikes. While I have a sneaking suspicion, that's what it is. I, I might be wrong. There might be some more strategy because there's some really interesting parchment cards where it gives you a lot of bonuses for not really seeking those huge cities. And I'm wondering if you could stack all those, if you could win. 
and get a lot of points. Because to be honestly, I kind of tried that a little bit, and I got like 80, 60, 80 points just in my parchment cards while you guys didn't get as much. So there, there might be something there, possibly. I mean, I think you won with a little over 200 points. So if you can, if yeah. just not even going full in and dipping my toes in, I got like a 60 to 80 points on there. I could maybe squeeze out 100-plus points. So I'm going to go a 7 just because I want to play this more. I also have the expansion, which looks like it gives a new board and adds some more stuff to it. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe fixes some of those issues. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it takes a little more of the just dependency on drawing to win the game and more actually have multiple legitimate strategies to win the game. So I guess we'll see. But yeah. yep, so I give it a seven, and you give it a seven. Overall, though, it's a, it's a decent, solid. I think it could be a family game. It's not terribly yeah. difficult once you learn it. Uh, so overall, like that, like this, uh, Chris. Any games you could think of that would, if you like that game, you'll probably like this game. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Uh, to me, this is very similar to like um, the Century Spice Road type games, in the aspect of. Um, if you like the the strategizing and grabbing areas and making the combinations of areas, and Wh- which century spice road? Eastern Wonders. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second, the second one. one. Okay. I I agree. Yeah. It, it does kind of give a second uh a feeling where you're you're kind of that one. You have a little more control or moving, right, but yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I I I played that a couple times with you, and and thinking back, if you like that aspect of the moving and making combinations and getting the area control and, and uh, making the combinations of that to get points, um, that's very similar in this aspect. And uh, there's some different game mechanics into it that'll give it make it a little bit different. But if you like that game of kind of an area control and making combinations to gain points and to further further escalate that way, um, that Century Eastern Mountains is is similar to that aspect. I can't think of any games that are like this where you have area control, but then you also have like mission cards that you get victory right. points or extra cards from. That's why I'm pulling out like one game mechanic or one aspect of it. And if you like the the scoring, that's where you, if you like the scoring, here's a different here's a different game with some different game mechanics. But if you like that combination of scoring, this one's uh, Gizmos is engine building, where this one is area control. Like you said, it's it's hard to it's hard to think of a game that has all of this exactly the same type of game mechanics in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think for me, the closest I could think of is is Small World just because there's multiple decisions you can make for not only on top of the area control, but like with your factions and some of the bonuses you get. But that's a stretch. I don't know. Yeah, I just can't think of something that's really close to this game, to be honest, other than just looking at area control or just looking at how the scoring goes. Right. It's kind of a unique right. game in its own, it which is. is kind of refreshing, and that's that's kind of yeah. why I like this. I think if there's other games that did it like this, this might be a lower score on this game, to be honest, but uh, uh, yeah. there really isn't anything like this. Yeah, most definitely. It's a fresh, new type of a game. So, all right. Well, that's our review of Bunny Kingdom. 
All right, this week's love and hate. Chris, what's your love this week? Oh, I have fallen in love recently with a new beverage. Um, I really like the light, crisp seltzers. We've talked about ciders and that. I I really love that. But I have come to introduce to natural light seltzers. I'm very shockingly surprised how how good these are. And I've had a lot of the Trulies, and but wow. Natty Light is it is very interesting. So anyway, refreshing, very sweet, very light. Enjoy it. You should too. There you go. Well, board game related, I uh, love Tapestry. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I think I've talked about this in the last episode a little bit because uh, we put Tapestry, or I threw Tapestry on the heavier games. Uh, really enjoying this game. This game's getting kind of a mixed bag review. I don't know. Some, you know how some gamers are. Some haters like to hate. Yep. Uh, we talked about that before. I'm on these uh, board game communities on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, and I just hear some people. I don't know. I don't get what people's issues is. I think maybe they're going in expecting a like fully heavy civilization game that plays in like five or six hours where there's multiple tech trees and you have to customize down a tree of science or military or technology or whatever and in this game it's a civilization game i mean there's different tracks but it 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 it, there's only one track per type you know there's one track for military one track for science one track for technology um, one track for farming and there isn't really many options within that per se, but it has all the makings of a of a Civ game, and, and it has these really cool. Uh, it has some bling to it. You have these three D uh, buildings that you get to put on your your capital, and you can earn these big, like big. I mean, like two, three inch big type landmark buildings that you can put on your capital. It has a really cool board game presence. I don't know. I really like Stonemaier games. I'm becoming a rather huge fanboy of Stonemaier games. I haven't played a Stonemaier game I really haven't liked. I, I really like everything they do, and I really like Jamie's uh, Stegmeier. He's the developer, designer, and starter, founder of Stonemaier games. I really like his philosophy with games, to be honest. You know, he has these, he has like a 10 point or 12 point requirement for games that Stonemeyer will publish. And he's, they're very picky and uh, particular about it. But I think it shows. I mean, their production value is objectively one of the best production value of any games. And a lot of times it's over the top. I like it. I'll pay a few more bucks for some of that over the top stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. I like quality games, quality in game mechanics as well as components. To me, having both is crucial. You can't just have uh, uh, quality components and bad gameplay, but uh, good quality gameplay and having bad components kind of turns me off. So the, the games that really does the great mix is is awesome and i agree with you stone meyer with wingspan and and scythe and some of these other games that they've done um is is just awesome to see and love that and happily support like you said i'll pay ex- a little extra money to to have a good game with good components love that aspect yeah they they literally have a 12 tenets of board games of design that's what i was talking about so i now i'm not going to talk through all these but like i'm just curious what you think chris on this so number one is quick beginnings and organic end so the idea is it's a streamlined setup with at most minimal pre-game choices and an organic in-game trigger 
Usually they don't like to draw out uh, drawn games to a set number of rounds, um, that kind of stuff. Although Wingspan is kind of a a a, a um, exception, probably. But like in Scythe, it's it's once you hit certain victory point conditions. Right. In in Viticulture, it's when you get to the end of a certain season. So they're like seasons. So it's not just an arbitrary turn twelve. You know what I mean? Uh, I really like that. Uh, there also, number two, is ability to plan ahead before taking your turn. So you shouldn't have to wait for the previous player's turn to complete your turn, decide what to do. Now, there might be some, you know, there might be some decisions, you know, where they're moving around in scythe, but pretty much you have a good idea what you want to do, right? They want to limit analysis paralysis. Yeah, love it. Love that. So, <laughs> like, the, his idea is that choices are displayed on your player mats and game board. And you know that. And all their games... Your choices are on your player mat. Wingspan, it tells you the things you can do. Scythe, it tells you the things you can do. Viticulture, the board has all the action spots you can take. Tapestry has all the action places. And then you, it even has like all the symbology and reminder of what to do on your turn on there. Um, it's great. Um, there's a lot more that goes on to it through the 12 tenants. I, I say check it out. And then the last one I think I really like is multiple passive victories. Various games with subsystems that equal in their ability to reach winning criteria. Like they, they, the idea is that we're going to give you a plenty, plenty of options. They're simple options, but there's a lot of options and you can just choose whatever you want and try to make the best of it and see if you can come up with a way to win the game. So anyway, I think he's mocking it out. I like his games. I like his game design philosophy. It really aligns with my game philosophy for games that I like what I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and so, Basically, now I'm like a lifelong fanboy of Jamie's. <laughs> uh, I really want to reach. He follows us on Instagram. I really want to reach out to him soon, see if he could do an interview with the podcast. Because he's That'd be awesome. He has a weekly like designer thing on Facebook Live, and they puts on a podcast. So there's another podcast I, I suggest where it, he records his Facebook Live, and he'll get into question and answers. But he'll talk about some of his design philosophies. He shares his like Kickstarter. He he said he won't do a kickstarter anymore but he does like guides and suggestion posts for other people doing kickstarter like he's giving back to the community in ways that really stonemeyer isn't necessarily using like kickstart but he's all about like helping the community and 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 other designers and giving ideas and talking through and answering stuff it it's uh it's it's pretty good and i like uh i like what he's doing so anyway i'll stop uh going on about jamie big fanboy though uh, but that's uh, Tapestry for my love this week. Hate for you this week, Chris? My hate is pay-to-win type game mechanics. And that's specifically like uh, CCGs type, yes. And that is exactly. And that's uh, not just not just speaking about Pokemon, but some of these other collective card games or collectible type games where if you buy this card that's rare super card or rare figure and like when with hero clicks or mage knight or some of these kind of stuff aspects that you're gonna win and i i don't like those game mechanics yes i'll play pokemon with john and and bo because they love it and gabe gabe does it too and and isaac does it just to play he doesn't collect them he's given up on that he doesn't like ccgs he doesn't like that aspect but uh, he'll play it just to play with us but uh, I 
I would rather just get a deck and just play and have it uh, just set up already and that kind of aspect. But these games where you go to these tournaments and you have these open lists and, you know, if this you have this one card that somebody paid $100 for because it's ultra super rare and they win, the, yeah, to me, that's I, I don't like that type of game mechanic. I don't want to get into that game mechanic um, and I just don't enjoy that kind of aspect. Yep, I'm with you. All right, for me, my hate this week is uh, training. Uh, been doing that for like weeks here at work. I, I mean, it's one of those unnecessary, those necessary evils, I guess. So, uh, it's one of the things. I just rather get my hands on it, do it, learn that way, than just sit there and read through self study guides. It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. But all right, well, that's our love and hate for this week. Okay, well, it looks like we went a little long, probably on Bunny Kingdom and Love and Hate and maybe what's on our table and introduction. All that to say is we ran out of time, so that's going to be our episode 29 this week. We appreciate you joining us this week. Hopefully you enjoyed us talking about Bunny Kingdom. Maybe go check that out. Check out some of the other games we talked about. As always, check out Instagram. We post pictures of these games that we play and we talk about. We do. Uh, especially Buddy Keaton. Check it out. I mean, the board presence on this is just phenomenal. It looks so cool with all those buddies. It's a pain to clean up, though. Like, to oh, pick, yes. You have to pick up every <laughs> single one of those bunnies. At least they designed it in a way that you can grab the ears. And it makes it easy to pick up, I guess. Yeah. Can you imagine if they're like slippery to try to pick those things up? It'd been... Oh, it'd be a mess. I was very careful to make sure not to drop it on the ground and get it underneath the table. Because, the, yeah, there are so many of these little bunnies. Yeah, I guess yeah. I never even looked under there to make sure we didn't drop any. Oh, well, what are you going to yeah. do? Next week is going to be Thanksgiving. So, actually, no, the week this comes out is Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, between now and then, uh, we'll we'll have a different episode. So, uh, for those who are listening, I hope you have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Spend time with family. Um, I hope you have safe travels for everybody out there. Maybe this is a good one to listen to while you're traveling. Uh Hello there as you're driving to family. Uh, but everybody have safe travels. And uh, from the games we play, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, eat a lot of food, right? Absolutely. Enjoy the time with family and friends and uh, watch some football, eat some good food, have some fellowship and play some games. Play a lot of games. Yes, we're going to do that. Oh, yeah, we're going to play. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You yeah. know how family stuff goes sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but any, anything else we want to add before we wrap up this episode, Chris? No, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I was been listening to that, uh, holiday gift guide and sharing some of that, talking with some friends about it and just throwing out some games and introducing, uh, people to, uh, some various good games out there. I know Black Friday sales are starting to pop up around, um, getting ready for that here soon. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, what what deals we can get, what good games we can get uh, to give out at Christmas this year. Yeah, ho- hopefully some good ones. So, All right, well, please join us up next week. We'll have episode 30, so we're in the next, uh, we're in the next 10, right, uh, yeah. for episodes, so that's kind of exciting. And if anybody's interested in Origins, do, do be aware, the Origins hotel sign-up has been now announced, which is the 29th at the end of this month. So if you're thinking about going to a gaming convention, I would highly suggest Origins as the first one. It's not terribly busy. It's not terribly big, but it's big enough. There's a lot of vendors, a lot of games, uh, a lot of games to be played. 
Uh, so if you've always been interested in going to an Origins uh, or a gaming convention, I highly suggest this. So think about it. But the sign up for that is coming up on the 29th. We might or may not be there. We'll see. We still have to talk about that, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, I want to cut in. Um, you're saying 29th, it's 26th. If you uh, are interested, just remember the 26th is the hotel sign-up date, and then the badge registrations are to come after that. All right, well, don't forget to follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We appreciate all the comments and all the followers there to see all the pictures and up-to-date news. Also, if you have any feedback or questions, send it to gamesweplaypod at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and rank, if you could, five stars on uh, iTunes or whatever app I guess you're on. We're on all of them. I've signed us up on all of them. That took a while, are. but we are, we're out there finally. Uh, so please do that. So, all right. Well, until next time, until episode 30, I am Brian. And I am Chris. And keep on gaming. All right. There we go. Stop. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com.